Good morning, church. I aloha, ai oku. Which means peace be with you, by the way, in Hawaii. I looked that up. And uh, it's an honor to stand before you today. Thank you for those of you joining us as we look forward to the day when which we're all together uh, in one place again, in one accord as it were as the disciples were. As we come today on this Pentecost Sunday, again, as even in the pastoral prayer, mindful of what's happening in our world today. Look, look, can I just say this? We need a fresh outpouring of God's spirit on our country. We do. And I'm reminded of that in the way, in another way that as I stand before you as, as a, a little while back, I heard a speaker and he got up and he made the statement as he began. He's a very knowledgeable, very educated man. And he said, I'm a man that is over-informed but under-transformed. And I can relate to that. We live in an age of information, of technology, of access, constant access of streaming this and streaming that we're streaming now we have so much information and knowledge but we are under transformed and it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we can be truly transformed into the image of Christ so as we begin today I want you to take a deep breath with me well, that may sound a little odd oh no he's going to defend their life on me right but just take a deep breath. Let it out. Imagine for a moment, just allow yourself to feel what that feels like. It's something we often take for granted is the power of breath. But I want you to realize this, that breath is akin to life. Without it, frankly, we're dead. <laughs> breath is akin to life. In fact, breath is woven into the very fabric of our everyday life. We do it constantly. We don't even think about it. It's even woven into our language. We say things like, you took my breath away, right? We use the, the phrase, before my last breath. We talk about people on their deathbed with their dying breath. Even. We refer to them as he or she even breathed their last. For those of you that grew up in the 80s, there was a song, right? You know it? Every breath I take. I'm going to sing that one. Some of you remember. You can YouTube it. And when people are stressed, what do we say? Take a deep breath. There's a lot of other reasons for that. But breath is something that we don't think about, but we do it constantly. And I want to link that today with on this Pentecost Sunday, because... There are many life examples of how powerful and meaningful the breath is. For those of you that are parents, how many of you have ever stood at the door of your sleeping child in the dark? And it's so comforting to simply hear them breathing. Everything is okay. Everything is at peace and calm. It's just to hear their breath is comforting. On the flip side, how many of us have been concerned about the labored breathing of a child or a dying loved one as they struggle with breath. After each of my children were born, which has been a little while now, but one of my favorite things to do, 
I would take off my shirt and I would lay back in the recliner and I would lay that little life on my chest and I would turn his or her head just so that I could feel their breath on my chest. That was so peaceful and comforting and all was right with the world in that moment. We often take breath for granted. We, we don't think about it, but it is a constant in our lives. During COVID-19, we have become aware of breath in a new and different way. How many of you feel absolutely liberated when you get in your car or you go home and you take that mask off in whatever setting it is and you just almost gasp for air? We're now more mindful of the breath of other people with or without masks and not necessarily for good reasons. <laughs> Genesis, Genesis chapter two, I wanna tie this into it. In verse seven, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Think about that for a moment. Think about the significance of that picture. Up until that point, God had spoken and thrust everything into creation and into being with simply the words, let there be light, let there be a division between the sea and the land and the mountains and the rivers and, and, and the, the valleys. But all of a sudden, something changes about this creation of humankind Think of the intimacy and the, the connection from the creator to us as living beings as God breathes life into the first Adam, Adam, into mankind. With his own breath, he transferred life into us. In the same way that breath is a constant reminder of life, the breath of the spirit as well is a constant living and active it's constant and active in our world, and more importantly, in our lives. Our text in Acts today represents the quintessential outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon believers in the early church. This event was the dispensation of the promise of God that was promised by Jesus, that his spirit would be poured out on all mankind. But for what purpose? Why? A lot happens in the text that Calvin read, and all that happens with the speaking of languages and tongues. And while that is an incredibly powerful and important part of that text, what I want to look at today is this idea of the breath of God given to us in his spirit. And in the coming weeks, our pastoral team is going to continue this trek on life and the spirit and how the spirit functions in our lives and, and what that is all about. How we walk in step with the spirit. The scripture is wrought with, with examples of, of the spirit at work. Even in the Old Testament, as we read, where can I go to get away from the spirit of the Lord? The spirit of God has been alive. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, has been present for time immemorial. He's not some new thing that just happens to show up on Pentecost Sunday. But Jesus points out not only the promise of the Holy Spirit, but what he will do. If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn with me to John chapter 14, because we're going to jump back 
and another promise. And this is a bit of a lengthy passage, but it really sets up what's happening and it speaks to our world and what's happening in our nation even now. John 14, beginning in verse 15, Jesus said this, he's talking to his disciples, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Right? How many of us, we want, to do, we want to follow Christ, we want to be obedient, we want to walk in obedience, and yet we struggle, right? Some people are like, well, how, how, can, how can we really do that? And Jesus really gives the answer right here. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Some translations call him the comforter. Some call him the advocate, and all of those are true. There's so many verses in the New Testament. I think of Romans in the same way God helps us in our weaknesses, and the Spirit does what? The Spirit intercedes for us. The work of the Spirit is, is strewn throughout the New Testament and the Old. He will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. That's another characteristic of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me. And I am in you. The unity of the Spirit, right? Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. There's that theme again, right? But listen to this. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He, do, he who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And again, throughout the New Testament, we read of this correlation between the relationship of Jesus and God the Father. But pay attention to this now. All this I have spoken while still with you. Here it comes. But the Counselor, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Folks, if you've never read that and realized that the Trinity is alive and well in those words, the Father will send the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. There's the three in one right there. will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The last verse I'm going to read in this passage because it's really critical as to what's getting ready to happen and what's happening for us today. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How many of us have been troubled? If we're really honest, and church, we sell, we, we trust God and we believe, but how many of us on Tuesday morning are rattled 
on day number whatever it is we are in quarantine or stay at home or the news that we see and read, our hearts are troubled. Folks, my heart's troubled today for what's happening in our world. I have questions. They're not good answers to them. But Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. My peace I leave with you. I want to jump to John chapter 20. We're going to land here and we're going to end here. This is fascinating because, by the way, this is on Resurrection Day. Keep that in mind. This is on Resurrection Day, right? This is the day. But in verse 19, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews. Now let's picture this, right? The women have told them Peter's gone to the tomb. The, the tomb isn't there. What is going on? The disciples get together, they gather together, and they lock the door out of, not celebration, out of fear. They're together. And they are, in essence, hiding. But Jesus appears to them, and what are his first words? Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Words of comfort and solace. The disciples are overjoyed. And seemingly recognizing the rushing mighty wind is at work right here in my Bible. <laughs> The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. But Jesus seemingly recognizes the need to dispel any of the remaining doubt. And he says to them again, peace be with you. You ever said this to your kids? How many times do I have to tell you? Right? How many times does God have to tell us? Do you realize how many times in Scripture Jesus reminds us of things? We're no different. We're as children as well. And in that moment, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. And then he does something very powerful. He breathes on the disciples. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Just as God breathed life into the nostrils of Adam, Jesus breathes on his disciples in this incredibly powerful, intense, and intimate moment. And I don't know how close he was, if they could feel that breath. But in that moment, when Jesus breathed on them, he proclaims, receive the Holy Spirit. Out of the very breath of Christ comes the giving of the Spirit upon the disciples. The picture of Jesus using his breath to convey the connection between he and not only the Father, but the Holy Spirit as well. In that moment, he conveys the Holy Spirit to his disciples and to us. And what a beautiful picture. Now, I'm going to say this to you. I don't know about you, but I grew up trying to figure out how God could be three persons, right? If you think about that. And I'll say this, the, the Holy Spirit for me growing up and sometimes seems to be relegated to somewhat as this afterthought of the Trinity. 
as if he wasn't really real and there in the beginning with God. And he really didn't show up until the day of Pentecost. Now we've seen that that's not true. Our psalm today speaks to the presence of the Spirit even before the day of Pentecost. But the day of Pentecost, hear this, is not about the Spirit being finally unveiled and revealed as if it's some kind of grand reopening. Okay? But rather the assurance of the continuation of God's presence with His people in a powerful and profound way that is historically marked in the church and in the community of faith. And I want to ask you this question this morning. When's the last time that we allow Jesus to breathe on us? When is the last time that we heard those words with the breath of Christ, peace be with you? Peace be with you. In what way do I need Jesus to breathe on me today? In what way do I need comfort? In what way do I need the counselor to come and speak into my life afresh and anew? And just like as I invited you to take a deep breath, and when we do that, we're kind of aware of it. In what way do I need to be made aware of God's presence through his Holy Spirit in my life on this Pentecost Sunday? When was the last time I was aware of Christ? breathing on me and into me? What have I brought with me in my life today that literally needs the breath of Christ? The comforter to come, the great counselor to guide and lead me into an awareness of the spirit that is alive and well and wants to continue his work in me. Today we need the breath of God through the Holy Spirit like we've never needed it before to indwell us afresh and anew. We need the comfort that the Comforter himself brings into our lives, into our questions, into our doubts, into our future, into our past, into our mess, certainly into our world and into the chaos of our country. Jesus, breathe on us. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, the same way that you breathed on your disciples as they received the Holy Spirit, and on the day of Pentecost when your Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind and descended upon the people gathered there, Lord, we need you to breathe on us today. As we sing together this closing song, as we begin to prepare our hearts for communion, pray, Father, that the Comforter would come and breathe on us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.